MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. Today, the Select Committee on the Insurrection is seeking the testimony of riot defendants who pled guilty. R. Kelly is found guilty on all nine counts, including racketeering and sex trafficking. New York is considering using National Guard to replace unvaccinated healthcare workers. The Brookings Institution is convinced Donald could be charged with multiple crimes in the Georgia election interference investigation. And Samuel Lazar will be held without bail until trial for his participation in the insurrection. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. And Dana, we just got some breaking news out of the Senate. We did, because every one of those, ba- excuse me, I'm just trying to be, pol- I'm trying to be a better person. Every Republican voted to let us default. Let us default. That's it. As a country, just on, you know, just trying to take them down, trying to destroy the economy. So it looks bad on Biden. Every Republican. And what was what did McConnell say? Was it was it was it five years or six, five years ago? Oh, no, no, we can't do. No, we can't do that. We'll never let that happen. Mm hmm. Yeah. And and Meadows, too. But, you know, he's house. Yeah. So, yeah, or that McCarthy, was McCarthy. Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. They all look the same to me. Republican men. All those all those old white men look the same to you. (laughs) (laughs) Meadows, Matt, McCarthy, they're all the same. Yeah. But welcome back from your travels. Thank you. I'm back. And then tomorrow I'll be gone and then I'll be back. We just got to figure out how I can record on a full plane with complete silence. If we can figure out how to do that, then I will never miss another beans. That's what we have to figure out how to do. I recorded an episode of Muller She Wrote from an airplane bathroom one time. You did not. That's a totally different Mile High Club. Well done. The the podcaster's Mile High Club. Like, I got to get this news out, but I'm on a plane. (laughs) That's funny. Later in the show, I'm so excited. I'm going to be talking to the host of Tell Me Everything on Sirius Uh, XM. Dreamy. John Fugelsang. Isn't best it? hair in radio. Best oh. hair in radio. Best John, hair in radio. John, and he's also just a handsome man, but uh, I love John so much. I, you know, I, I miss him. I used to, you know, see him when I was in New York and I haven't seen him on the last couple of visits, but he's a mensch, as we say. He's an absolutely wonderful person. We have a lot to talk about. He and I, we're going to talk about Millie testifying tomorrow. We're going to talk about, um, or that's today. Sorry, time travel. And, uh, you know, what's going on with the mainstream media say Democrats are in disarray, you know, but not saying anything about the the bastards, as you almost said. Yes. Uh, voting to uh, to block a, a bill that would have stopped us from, you know, going into default as a country, as yeah, a nation. Oh, my God. And we'll see what happens with that. Um, we'll see how they get around that. I don't know. Are they going to carve out a filibuster for debt ceiling votes? That'd be cool. Actually, if I mean, that would be filibuster cool. altogether would be no shit. Best. They got to do. I'm like wondering what it's going to take. But for Mansion Cinema, it's obviously nothing. They don't give a shit. Nope. Nope. And she's meeting with like five like big money lobbyists uh, today. She's just I don't even know what's I going don't on either. Her. Oh, no. It's just such a disappointment. That's exactly what it is. And we can say that emphatically. Nope. All right. Well, we do have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, the lead story today, except for the Senate bastards, is uh, from Josh Gerstein and Kyle Cheney. The House Select Committee investigating January 6th attack on the Capitol has begun to solicit testimony from rioters. 
issuing requests for some defendants to voluntarily provide an account of their decision to travel to Washington and join the mob. Uh, Lawyers for multiple riot defendants who have already pled guilty say they've received communications from the panel in recent days requesting their clients' cooperation with the committee, which is led by Reps Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney, Republican from Wyoming. Quote, the select committee is examining the facts, circumstances, and causes, causes of January 6, 2021, in order to identify and evaluate lessons learned and recommend corrective law, policies, procedures, rules, or regulations. That was one such letter obtained by Politico to one of these defendants. And quote, as part of that effort, we would like to interview your client, who we understand has accepted responsibility and pled guilty. Pleaded. They say pleaded. I say pled. Team pled. What's up, Preet? (laughs) A spokesperson for the committee has declined to comment on this, but Politico got their hands on the letters. And and the panel is investigating not just the attack on the Capitol, but the former guy's effort to call his supporters to Washington that day to promote discredited claims uh, of the 2020 election. Earlier uh, this week, the committee subpoenaed, as we know, four top Trump allies, including Mark Meadows, <laughs> who they, and they all look alike. Yes. Uh, and it, it's working with the National Archives to obtain voluminous records from the Trump White House, which Trump wanted to stop with executive order. But Joe Biden, institutionalist Joe Biden, at his own peril, in case somebody wants his documents, went ahead and said, no executive privilege here. Take them. Mm-hmm. This is a move expected to kick off a fight over his ability, Trump's ability to invoke executive privilege now that he's out of office. <laughs> good, good luck, my good luck, my brother. Oh, uh, about, about 60 of the 600 plus rioters charged with storming the Capitol have pled guilty to participating in the riot, mostly to misdemeanor offenses like trespassing. But there are quite a few who pled guilty to obstruction of Congress. And that sets up the insiders of the insurrection as bring, being criminally culpable, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's why they want that testimony um, for them to come in and say, Trump told me he put out a tweet saying January 6th, come out, it'll be wild. And then we were at the thing and he said, go march down to Pennsylvania and stop the steal. Yeah. It's not immediately clear how many, if any, of those charged will agree to speak with the House. Such cooperation might help defendants get more lenient sentences, but some have already been sentenced with a handful escaping jail time altogether. As we know, one defendant who's received outreach is Andrew Hatley, who pled guilty on September 14th to parading in the Capitol. He's due to be sentenced in December. His attorney, Joseph Conte, didn't say how he would respond to the committee's requests. Another attorney who did not get the letter told Politico his client would refuse if he received it, if he received an (laughs) offer. Thanks. Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't ask. Well, I quit. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're fired two two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. These disparate timelines of, of, of the committee and the court system could also make it challenging to secure testimony from a lot of defendants. Few of those facing the most serious charges have pled guilty. Due to a mountain of video evidence that's still being processed, prosecutors have urged judges not to consider holding trials until next year. But testimony from any of these defendants could prove potent, right? Some of those accused of storming the Capitol have since renounced earlier claims that the election was stolen and, and have pinned their actions on Donald, suggesting they were duped into descending on D.C. and believe they were carrying out his wishes. I do hope that this goes. It, it keeps going. I, w- I would love to see it go all the way. I want to say up to him, but now it's down to him. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. And off to New York. We got Governor Kathy Hochul of New York. Is She's considering calling the National Guard and recruiting medical professionals from other states to cover looming staff shortages at hospitals and other facilities as the likelihood grows that tens of thousands of healthcare workers will not meet the state's deadline for mandated vac- Mandated? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I kind of want to leave Manditated. I'm team Manditated. I like Manditated. <laughs> all right. I'm switching. <laughs> okay, good. We're going to leave it just for you all. Sometimes the bloopers are the best. <laughs> anyway, she is. She wants the National Guard because she's concerned that the healthcare workers will not meet the state's deadlines for mandated vaccinations. Now, in a statement released on Saturday, the governor's office said Ms. Hochul was laying plans for an executive order to declare a state of emergency that would, quote, allow qualified healthcare professionals licensed in other states or countries, even recent graduates, retired and formerly practicing healthcare professionals to practice in the state of New York. Now, other options, the state said, including calling the medically trained National Guard members to deliver care and to work with the federal government to deploy disaster medical assistance teams, which are operated by the Department of Health and Human Services. So New York State is one of the first major testing grounds for stronger vaccination edicts rolling in across the country in the healthcare sector. Now, California and Maine have also set deadlines for healthcare workers to be vaccinated. Now, Biden has said that his administration will issue a national vaccination mandate expected to ultimately affect some 17 million healthcare workers at hospitals and other institutions that accept Medicare and Medicaid reimbursements. Very specific. Yeah. State vaccination figures show that as of Wednesday, 16 percent of the state's roughly 450,000 hospital workers or about 70,000 were not fully vaccinated. Hmm. That's that number is huge. The data shows that 15 percent of staff at skilled nursing facilities, skilled nursing facilities and 14 percent of workers at adult care facilities are also not fully vaccinated. That represents another 25,000 or so workers. A.G., that is ridiculous. 100,000 people she has to recruit. Enough is enough. Yeah. Enough is enough. I'm so tired of the excuses. I'm so tired of it. My empathy's gone for these people. Yeah, mine too. I was just actually talking to a friend of mine saying, you know what? If it only hurt them. Absolutely. I'd say fuck them. You know? Yeah. I'm tired. I'm out. Fuck it, I'm fucking out. Bo- out. Bobert. Did you see that tweet when she was like, uh, I took Advil. Um, I'm, no, I took Tylenol, but now I'll wait to see if everyone else's Tylenol works before I know if it'll help my headache. And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. First of all, <laughs> like, she was trying to make Didn't a comparison. Against- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just ridiculous. I just, uh, just like her stupidity, and thank God, is not contagious. Headaches are not either, Lauren. So, good no, Lord. I'm glad I can't catch that. Oh, God. Okay. Although although just listening to her that makes me a little stupider. Like, I'm trying to understand what she was even trying to get at that tweet I, just, because she just sort of proved yeah. my point. She's <laughs> ridiculous. You've got good news for me, though, and for our listeners on the former guy from out of Georgia. Yes, Brookings Institution, to save the day here, former the former guy, Donald, could be charged with multiple crimes over election interference in Georgia. This is according to a new analysis in a report By the Brookings Institution, that's the think tank in D.C., they analyzed publicly available evidence, publicly available evidence that showed that Trump and his allies attempted to pressure Georgia officials to change the lawful outcome of an election. A key piece of evidence is a now infamous call Trump made to uh, Ben Roethlisberger, (laughs) Brad Raffensperger on January 3rd, in which the then president told him to find 11,780 votes to overturn Joe Biden's victory in the state. And it's more, you know, I want to say this because they didn't point this out here in the article. I'm sure it's in the Brookings Institution report. But it's not just that he was that he asked to find eleven thousand seven hundred eighty votes. He said, I I won by over four hundred thousand, but I only need you to find Mm eleven thousand seven hundred eighty. That shows criminal culpability. 
There's no way I lost Georgia, he repeatedly said throughout the phone call. There's no way we won by hundreds of thousands of votes. Oh, they did bring it up. Good job. Those assertions were false as Biden won the state by nearly 12,000 votes, becoming the first Democratic presidential nominee to carry the longtime Republican stronghold since 92. The report added that Trump publicly pressured and personally contacted several other Republican officials in Georgia to ask for their help in overturning his electoral loss, including Brian Kemp and Attorney General Chris Carr. Trump reportedly placed direct calls to the officials in December to urge them to go along with his increasingly desperate plans to decertify his loss. (laughs) The report said... I can't wait to read this, the actual Brookings report. Oh, yeah. Quote, we conclude that Trump's post-election conduct in Georgia leaves him at substantial risk of possible state charges predicated on multiple crimes. This is from the report. These charges potentially include criminal solicitation to commit election fraud, intentional interference with performance of election duties, conspiracy to commit election fraud, criminal solicitation, and state Rico violations. Rico. That's right. Rico law. I love this. Rico law. The report added that his uh, criminal liability could extend to some allies, including Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani, as you know, appeared before committees in the Georgia Capitol with the intent of persuading state lawmakers to take extraordinary action to reverse Biden's win. In February, Raffensperger's office opened an investigation into Trump's effort to overturn his loss in the state. And we know Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis also launched a criminal investigation into Trump's conduct. And she has had a successful, massive RICO win when she went after those administrators at a school who were cheating kids tests scores. To, yep. Yeah. And uh, that was a conspiracy. It was a RICO. It was racketeering. And she won. She won that case. She won that prosecution. And it took several years. I just want everybody to know it took several years. And she's backed up, right? We were talking about this earlier because she's got an increase in crime rate in her state that she's trying to work work through that. Um, she's not getting the money and the funding she needs uh, to go through this investigation at a, at a quick pace. They're just at the early stages of it. They haven't even interviewed Raffensperger or Kemp yet or Carr. So it we're just at the we're just at the beginning. It is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. The Brookings Institution report analyzed these investigations and suggested the crimes that Trump could be charged with, along with his legal defenses, or just went through that list of crimes. It also supported that the former guy would likely claim immunity. And not only did Brookings go through the crimes, but his potential defenses at saying, we're going to put, they're they're putting beans on this, which is so good. Brookings beans that Trump Mm. would claim (laughs) immunity, Mm -hmm. arguing that he cannot be prosecuted for actions taken while he was in office. Former presidents enjoy a measure of immunity for actions taken that fall somewhere within the scope of his lawful duties as a federal official, according to the report. However, in this case, Trump's actions were well outside the scope of his official duties. (laughs) That's a nice way to put it, Brookings. And that sentiment was made clear in the Department of Justice's rebuke of Mo Brooks. Remember, he tried to get the government to step in and defend him. Yeah. And they're like, no, inciting an insurrection. Well, first of all, they said you were campaigning and that doesn't count. Secondly, they said, even if you don't buy my campaigning argument, you can't overthrow the government as part of your job with the government. You know, the sorry. And, and, And they actually said not you, nor member of Congress, nor any federal employee can do that. Yeah, That was a. That means you, Trump. That means you, Trump. Don't even try it. Don't even ask. You'd love to see it. And finally, finally, a Pennsylvania Donald Trump enthusiast, if you will, who attended an event with Rudy Giuliani when he was wanted by the FBI for allegedly assaulting officers at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th was ordered, held in jail until trial. 
Sammy Lazar, yes, a Trump supporter arrested last month after being identified as a rioter who assaulted law enforcement at the Capitol on January 6th, was ordered held until trial by Magistrate Judge Robin Merriweather. Now, Merriweather said Lazar's alleged action showed, quote, complete disregard to the rule of law and that the evidence against him was overwhelming. She said Lazar had a mixed personal history, which included prior criminal offenses, and that the broader belief is in the big lie that the presidential election was stolen from the former guy created a dangerous environment. She said this is still an ongoing perception of or belief by many individuals at this time in the illegitimacy of President Joe Biden, Meriwether said. So she said she continued and said, I don't think the court has to put up any blinders about the current political climate and widespread belief in a stolen election. Now, Meriwether indicated that the evidence uncovered earlier this month by online sleuths showing Lazar holding guns in 2020, even after he was convicted for unlawfully trying to purchase weapons, played a major role in her decision. She indicated uh, she's been considering home detention until that evidence surfaced. And he fucked himself because the evidence surfaced. (laughs) Kind of shot himself in the foot. Ah. Ah, She'll be here all week, everyone. Tip your servers. All right, we'll be right back with John Fugelsang. We're going to discuss the landmark conviction of R. Kelly for racketeering and sex trafficking. We're going to talk about the testimony of General Milley today and the mainstream media bullshit portrayal of Democrats in disarray. So stay with us. Hey, Daily Beans listeners, it's AG, and today's show is sponsored by Monk Pack. They make the most delicious snacks, and they're virtually sugar-free. Healthy snacks that taste good and fill you up and satisfying are satisfied. They're very hard to find. Healthy snacks have a bad rep, and for a good reason. That is why I'm excited to share the nut and seed bars from Monk Pack with you. They're so amazing. They contain less than one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and only 150 calories, and they're really delicious. These tasty bars have the perfect balance of salty and sweet. They have that crunch that you crave from snacks with whole nuts and seeds but they're still soft and chewy. It's amazing. It's magical. They come in caramel sea salt, peanut butter dark chocolate, and sea salt dark chocolate. My favorite flavor right now is peanut butter dark chocolate. I love peanut butter. It's so delicious. And they're keto-friendly, gluten-free, plant-based, non-GMO, no soy, no trans fats, no sugar alcohols, or artificial colors. A subscription also saves me 10% on every order. Ships directly to me, so I always have snacks. We have a special deal for listeners. You get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, no risk. They'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So to get started, go to MonkPack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com. Select any product, then enter code DAILYBEANS at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. Hey, everybody, welcome back. I am honored to be joined today by the host of Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Please welcome John Fugelsang. John, hello. Oh, thank you, Allison. What a pleasure. Thanks for uh, letting me in to drag your show down to my level. Oh, no, no. You're elevating me, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. We've had some scheduling issues, but I think we got it worked out. And uh, I am so happy to have you here because I have so many things I want to talk to you about and ask you about. And the first up is this huge, massive, important, incredible news about R. Kelly being found guilty on all nine counts, including racketeering. And uh, I, th- I think that this is a, a massive victory for black women, especially black women survivors. One in five black women are survivors. And uh, I f- to, to be believed uh, yeah. is such a huge, momentous step. What are your thoughts, top line thoughts on this on this verdict? I mean, we kind of saw it coming. 
I mean, <laughs> we kind of saw it coming decades ago and he walked. We kind of saw it coming, you know, years ago before a jury said, oh, wait, the video is too dark. Maybe that's not actually him when everyone knew it was him. So this is someone of incredible power. And, uh, and I have met R. Kelly. I was, you know, a VH1 DJ for many years. I was at the Grammys with him. I, I have met the guy. Um, and, and it was the sort of thing where, like, an industry has sprung up around R. Kelly's ability to stay out of jail. Like hit TV specials and miniseries have sprung up. It's become a cultural touchstone. The very fact that this is a man um, of color who is able to use the trappings of wealth and one percenthood to evade justice. And I think you really nailed it because for a lot of us, the whole point was, well, are black women to believed in this culture? And post me too, are black women to believed? And so to me, it's just another sign that we're moving from a, a society of um, victims to a society of survivors. And I praise these women for coming forward, how scary it must have been, just as I praise all the women who came forward and me too, and all the men who used to be altar boys who came forward. It has never been harder to get away with being a predator than it is right now at this point in history. And it's hardest than it's ever been now because so many brave women and men have come forward. So I, I just, I, I'm, I'm really happy to see that this, uh, that that wealth cannot buy a, uh, an acquittal. Yeah, truly. And and, you know, one one in five, as I said, one in five black women are survivors of sexual assault, but only one in 15 black women report because they are so not often believed yeah. uh, and, and uh, women in general. Right. But especially especially black women are just not yeah. to be believed. And and that I feel like this is such a landmark because they were and that is so huge and and important and and what a what a good piece of justice and i hope that people yes we need to go after trump yes we need to go after matt gates yes what about jeffrey epstein who's dead by the way but let's not belittle and kind of gl like gloss over this victory for these survivors by yeah. just immediately jumping to someone to another rapist there's always yeah. going to be another rapist <sighs> There's always another one. And again, I understand the frustration of people that want to see results like this with Matt Gates. But I have to tell them again, remind everyone again, it took so many years for this to happen. I mean, they had this guy over a decade ago and he walked it out of a trial. And I mean, there have literally been hit TV shows about this. I mean, surviving R. Kelly, my God. I mean, I've never been so happy to see a reality show end than, than I am now. So it is a very deferred justice. There's a justice that took a long time to get here. And we have to keep that in mind as we celebrate this as a victory for, for women of color. We have to be mindful of how long it took and how much evidence had to be out there in the open. And now, I mean, how many people conspired to keep it a secret that this man raped Aaliyah when she was underage? Yeah. You know, yeah. They talked years. about that. Uh, you know, yeah. like, who are these accessories after the fact? Who are these co-conspirators who shut and locked the door and didn't, you know, and looked, turned a blind eye, so to speak, Jim Jordan style, if you will. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's it gives me the chills. Um, how many people could and are complicit in, in this behavior and not just in this case, you know, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think your work is so uh, heroic and inspiring. And I would say just um, has a beating heart for so many people because uh, 
I think the numbers are wrong. I think far more people don't report than report. And I think all the projections are off. I mean, I heard a statistic that more, more men report rape every year than women do because of our prison system. And as a comic, I can tell you that we live in a culture that is so comfortable with rape that jokes about rape in prison are a common part of our of our society, that rape is considered a part of our judicial process, that yeah. part of the punishment will be rape and it's understood. And there's entire movies made about the terror men have over this because it's so funny. And if you really do judge a society by how it treats its criminals, we got a long ways to go. So I only bring up the men and the statistics because it just goes to show how acceptable sexual assault still is for so many of us. And that to me easily explains why it took so long for R. Kelly's victims to finally have this victory. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up such a, a, a salient, but this is a very poignant thing uh, for me to talk about specifically. Uh, you know, when, when we talk about reporting and not being able to report and and the how it's such a, a part of our society that just jokes are just sort of like oh well uh, he's not gonna like prison ha, 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 yep. ha. you know yep. it's just sort of just right off the back of the hand because i mean when when we went to court initially to try to sue over the fact that that women in the military didn't have a safe place to report their rapes they they essentially said too bad and dubbed rape an occupational hazard in the, yeah. in the military. They were like, hey, you know what? That's what happens when men and women get together. Essentially, uh, Trump did the same thing. He did. He said that almost the same thing. Men, women, that's what happens. And it's just an occupational hazard. It's just part of the job, basically. And so that's kind of what we see here. And that's why I think that this this is uh, such a significant verdict. And and Amen. and a lot of people are worried it might be a Cosby situation. I can promise you at the very least it won't be thrown out because no one promised R. Kelly immunity in a civil trial for his testimony, which is what happened with Cosby. It was a prosecutorial error. Um and and justice was imagine? unwound. Can you imagine if a prosecutor gave R. Kelly a way out? That guy would have to have a cabinet position in Donald Trump's next administration. Mm. He he might have been that may have been the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I, I, am pretty sure that this verdict will stand. Uh, and there are so many counts that, and, and yeah. so many counts subsumed in so many counts that I don't think, um, we're going to see an overturning of, of this particular verdict, but I don't want to make any guarantees that this is this, this is our system and, uh, it has to, you know, it has to stand up to that scrutiny on appeal. Um, I, uh, John, first of all, uh, your show is absolutely incredible and informative and the guests that you have on are you. are are just um amazing and some of the topics of discussion and and you know you've been you've been talking a lot about how the mainstream media is treating democrats um at not just voters but you know members of congress nancy pelosi uh joe biden the administration as a whole the department of justice uh and and i want to talk a little bit more about that with you because the your coverage on this is so important um, and informed. But I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Yeah, please. All right, great. Thank you. Everybody, we'll be right back. Hello, all. Thanks for supporting The Daily Beans. And this portion of the show is sponsored by Upstart. If you're carrying a credit card balance month after month, just making the minimum of payments, it's like you can't make a dent in it at all. You're in this never-ending cycle of debt. But Upstart can help you make the final payment so you can get ahead. With Upstart, you can pay off your existing debt quickly and easily with, and start living your life. Upstart is the fast and easy way 
to pay off your debt with a personal loan, all done online. Whether you're paying off credit cards or consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking at a credit score alone, Upstart considers other factors like your income, current employment, and credit history. They know you're more than just a number. And then they find you a smarter rate for your loan with their trusted partners. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes, right? For loans between $1,000 to $50,000, you can do this online. Again, it won't impact your credit score. You can even receive funds in at least one business day after accepting your loan. And find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash dailybeans. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. Please use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. And today's show is also brought to you by my new favorite bralette maker and underwear maker. They're called Tomboy X. Okay, so my old underwear were awful. They would be, the elastic would, like, they were just terrible. They wouldn't stay, the, the, the band on my bralette would roll, right, and be really uncomfortable. It would chafe. It never quite fit me right. But Tomboy X created underwear that fits me, but also gets me. I am loving my new Tomboy X boy shorts, by the way. I got the pride and wonder print to make me feel like Wonder Woman. It's like my underoos from when I was a kid. I love them. Tomboy X has been making brazenly unapologetic underwear for all bodies, genders, and sizes since 2014. All sizes from boxer briefs to bikinis, boy shorts to bras. Every Tomboy X pair of underwear is crafted to fit you and how you see yourself. They've gone beyond underwear, too. Each product is built on the values of equality, fit, and inclusivity. They pay attention to every detail, like no back seams for a wedge-free experience that never rides up. Super comfy, silky smooth waistbands that never roll. I love that so much. Tomboy X is the underwear your body will love. And with their love at first wear guarantee, you can order risk-free. And, you know, while you find your perfect fit, discover your inner tomboy. And let me get you started with our special discount. Go to tomboyx.com and enter code dailybeans, all one word, to get an extra 20% off. That's an extra 20% off when you enter dailybeans at tomboyx.com. Tomboyx.com. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking with the host of Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, John Fugelsang. And John, uh, before the break, I was talking about some of the stuff that you've been talking about on your show recently, uh, which has really just hit home uh, for me because I'm getting kind of sick of this narrative that the <laughs> Democrats are in disarray. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that. I'd love to. You know, this is something that I've grown up with. Now, full disclosure, I'm not a Democrat and I never have been. Um, it's just, darn it, Republicans keep forcing me to vote that way year after year. Uh, I, I, I'm guilty of making fun of Democrats a lot. Um, but for years, I've been very frank about the fact that these Democrats are like, I call them Clark Kent without a phone booth. You know, we keep waiting for the superhero to come out, but he just, ooh, if only I could find the right space to change into my suit, then I could finally be that old school Democrat. I, I, I for years, have compared the Democratic Party to like one of those S&M slave guys who forgets his safe word and keeps getting pummeled and pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. I mean, John Kerry was a pinata. We've seen it many, many times. But I've had to eat my words the last couple of years. They have shown a discipline that I never thought I'd see. And I really think it began in 2017 when Pelosi whipped them together against Trump to save the Affordable Care Act. I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, Donald Trump did what no Democrat could do and united this party in a kind of discipline. So now the media narrative is the Democrats are in disarray. Oh, they're fighting so much. Nancy Pelosi wants to have this deal where the government can negotiate 
on behalf of Medicare with uh, with with pharma to try to uh, get cheaper drugs. And then you're hearing that Kirsten Cinema might go against that because she's taken seven hundred and fifty thousand whatever dollars from from, you know, big pharma. And now like mental uh, medical benefits for dental through Medicare. I, I had no idea. Like it's a whole program designed for old people and they don't do dental or hearing. Who knew? So you've got the Democrats who are trying to do a lot on infrastructure, on Medicare, on the filibuster, the Democrats who are trying to protect voting rights so that it's really easy for every American who's legally eligible to vote, eligible to vote, to vote as easily as they want. And Democrats are struggling over the way to do this and they're fighting over the way to do that. And on this side, you've got the Republican Party. No disarray there. They want to do fuck all for anyone. <laughs> they don't want to do anything to help working people. They don't want to do anything to help sick people, old people, marginalized people. They serve their donors. And the GOP has not actually done anything putting working people first, in my opinion, since Nixon and the earned income tax credit. And so the media says that the Democrats are fighting and the Republicans are all together on the same page. To be fair, though, they do want to do something. They, they want to default on the debt. Sure. That's well, <laughs> that's the one thing they want to do. Block, obstruct, default on the debt. We learned in the Bush years and the Reagan years they're 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 not fans of paying the credit card, are they? You know, you get you get the mailman who brings you the credit card with no spending limit and then the mailman who brings you the bill. And Republicans are not fans of that second mailman, are they? So Barack Obama started paying down for those two wars with a tax cut for millionaires all off the books. I mean, George W. Bush is the greatest dine and dash president in history. Uh, and now we're still trying to pay off all this debt. And this is a game of chicken. We know the GOP is not gonna do anything. They're not gonna do a single thing to help. They will threaten to tra tank the entire economy. And at the last minute they won't, and they'll expect credit for that because we work together. And that's the game, that's the racket. The media is complicit. Because the media is not liberal. The media is, depending on ratings, the media's bias is towards eyeballs and clicks. Money. The media is yeah. terrified of being called liberal. So we have an enforced double standard where the media is more hard on the progressives because they don't want to uh, be seen as too progressive. They're always chasing the Fox audience. Yeah, the problem is, is that no, that now we've we've we don't have two different ideologies in this country. We have a facts and we have not facts. Yeah. And it's it's got to be get, toeing that line as a mainstream media person like, yeah, but if we're on the side of facts, that makes us right. liberal. Right. Uh, and so, you know, and of course, their their cash cow war is now over. Their cash cow Trump is now out of office and they're they're looking for those eyes um, yeah. and clicks, like you said. And it's it's. um, Yeah, I, I, the way that I've seen this and I've been saying this for months, John, is like, look, it was six trillion. It'll go down uh, to to two trillion, then it'll go to four, and then it'll go to three and a half, and then Mansion will bring it down to three, and I think we'll end at three trillion. But they're they're going to pass. They're going to pass something. The budget reconciliation. They're going to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. The, otherwise, they're going to be we're going to lose the House and the Senate in twenty twenty two if they don't pass these yeah. things. And they know that they're just they're yeah. just doing their posturing for their particular districts. That's not disarray. That's that's politics. Exactly. And and. Uh, It'll get passed. Um, so I, I, I now watch. They'll prove me wrong. The Democrats will they'll just turn around and punch me in the throat. <laughs> prove but, me I mean, wrong. <laughs> but, but it's very important that they pass something. And I think you're right. You know, if they don't do anything on the filibuster this year, then their whole agenda is done. But just look at what's happened to prove the Democrats case. Right. We've had 40 years of this trickle down economics where 
give the rich people all the privilege and all the money in the world and they'll they they won't invest it overseas they'll spend so much here that'll create new jobs you'll see and i'm still waiting for my trickle down prize in the mail like i'm waiting for my iraq war prize in the mail so in the last year we've had to sort of have this forced social experiment because of a pandemic and what have we seen in these massive massive injections of public spending to help people during a time of need we've seen poverty rates dropping to the lowest level in a, a decade. We were seeing wages for workers rising gradually. Uh, children hunger rates are falling. Bankruptcy has gone way down. More people have had health insurance in 2020 than did the year before. So we know that these policies of having a strong social safety net work. 10 billion in student loans have been canceled. Um, yeah, we know we know what works. I mean, we know single payer healthcare works because all of our capitalist allies love them some socialism and none of our capitalist allies want to get rid of their socialism and have an insane plan like ours where your boss is responsible for your health care as part of a compensation back what kind of a world war ii psychedelic relic is this so it's like it's going to get there but will it get there fast enough and you know as long as they're denying climate change all the domestic progress in the world doesn't mean a lot long term the fight continues the struggle continues and thank god donald trump is there to marginalize the other side more and more every week. Yeah. And we definitely need to pass these bills so that we can win in 2022, maybe get a pick up a couple of Senate seats and make mansion and cinema irrelevant. Uh, I mean, that's... Democrats already have their ads cut. All the footage you're going to see is going to be uh, January 6th. OK, it's all going to be January 6th. That's going to be every Democratic campaign ad. But they'll also need ads about the stuff they've done. Mm -hmm. So this is incredible. And you'll see Republicans who are taking credit for it. Once these funds are approved, we'll see it all over the place. They don't want to pay for it, but they they take credit for yeah. it. And they voted the no on it. Scissors at the opening of the new mall that was built with your tat, whatever it is, they'll they'll do it. It's a racket. And it's mm -hmm. like it, it, it really begs the question, Allison, is it gaslighting if the people you're lying to are enjoying the lie? If the people you're lying to just love what Tucker tells them before they go to sleep, does it really count as gaslighting if it's consensual bullshit? It's interesting. Yeah. We're talking about yeah autonomy and consent, consent at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, autonomy, let's talk briefly. I just want to ask you about this because uh, General Milley is going to testify tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I am. I think I'm in a different boat than most people. And I and I know that I get a lot of shit for this. But I, I do think Millie should have resigned. I thought he should have resigned when he took that stroll across to St. John's Church okay. uh, and, and politicized the military. I appreciate him uh, doing what he thought was the right thing, uh, but for the wrong reasons. You, you can't buck the civilian command of the military, civilian oversight of the military. I don't think he did. I think the mainstream media's, the way they dished out the book Peril to us made it seem like Millie just went around POTUS and went around, you know, um, the uh, the secretary of defense and just rogue, went rogue with his own plan about nuclear attacks and stuff like that. And, and I don't think that that's actually what happened. Uh, and so if it did, though, if that is what happened, he should resign. But I don't think it's what happened. So I don't think he should resign. So uh, but he is testifying tomorrow. That's going to be interesting. Is, is this a, can tell us about this is public behind closed doors. What's going on? I'm pretty sure it's going to be public. Um, you know, he's going to face some pretty tough questioning, and I think it might be like the, the toughest questioning of a senior military official since Petraeus back in uh, in 07. Um, and of course, 
He's very controversial right now, uh, be, uh, but I think a lot, I mean, there's different layers of it, right? There's, he's controversial for the reason that Fox News is telling their viewers, which is mostly lies. You know, I mean, Fox loves hating themselves the military. They'll tell you how much they love the troops unless they want to, you know, unless they they hate them. They, they tell you that they love the cops. They went from back to the blue to fuck the police. If you're having the crap kicked out of you with a hockey stick on this Capitol steps, we're fine with that. The GOP doesn't believe in anything they claim. They don't believe in small government. This is the party that grows government. Reagan grew it by 60,000 jobs. This is the party that says they care about abortion. They don't care about unborn babies at all. If they did, they would do something about birth control and sex ed. And if yeah. they cared about the unborn, they do something about climate change. It's all just talk. Well, a fetus, a fetus can't object to them standing up for them. Right. Like, exactly. like, I'll never forget this. It was who was the the Arizona Cardinal who fought in the war and died? Tillman. Was that his name? I think so. And and he yes, yes. He comes back. And- I'm sorry, I thought you meant the Catholic. I thought you meant the clergyman, <laughs> the cardinal. Yes, it was. It was oh, it was, yeah. No, football cardinal. Yeah. And he, they bring his ramses. They have a funeral for him. And John McCain gets up at the funeral and starts talking about God and you know and the Republicans and God loves this you know and God loves the troops. And his family's like, could you fucking stop saying that? He was an atheist. Yeah. You know, and that's what that's what the unborn is to me. It's this. It's it's a it's something that can't say. I don't want these Republicans. Don't listen to them. They can't say you don't represent me. And so that's the perfect. Right. That's perfect go to for them. But also you have to realize that they need abortion. The Republican Party needs abortion because that and undocumented immigration are their biggest fundraisers. Mm-hmm. And if they lost abortion, they'd have to actually read what Jesus really talked about. See, abortion is the most important issue in our society in many ways, because abortion is how they got the followers of Christ to vote against everything Christ ever talked about by talking about abortion which Christ never talked about. It is the greatest racket of my lifetime. The Bible is not against abortion. I'm not saying it's pro-abortion. What I'm saying is God is the least pro-life character in the book. I know the Bible extremely well. Uh, God says life begins with first breath in Genesis. God says a woman's life has more value in his eyes than a fetus's in Exodus. God um, gives rather specific, gruesome abortion tips for pregnant, unfaithful wives in Book of Numbers, Chapter 5. God drowns every fetus on earth and its mom one day because he felt like it and sent a flood. And what the GOP has succeeded in doing is getting people who claim to follow Jesus to actually vote against everything Christ ever talked about in the Bible. In Matthew 25, he says he will gather individuals and nations Mm -hmm. and judge them based on how you treated the poor, how you treated the sick, how you treated those in prison. That's liberal, right? That's as liberal as it gets. Jesus is the most liberal figure to ever exist in history or literature, whatever you believe. And not everyone who believes in Jesus follows it all literally either. So they, 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 abortion has been their magic Hogwarts spell to make you just automatically, I'm a Christian. Christian means I want to criminalize abortion. We never go too deep on that. And it's how they get all these people. I mean, I mean, these people voted for Donald Trump. They voted for Caligula to turn away war refugees and bring back torture. The media's greatest complicity is letting these people get away, letting Mike Pence get away with claiming they're Christian. If I get it, Mike Pence can call himself Christian, but our media doesn't call this bullshit out. And that's what allows these guys to keep winning elections because they're not Christian. They don't follow the New Testament. And um, I'm getting off the subject of Millie, but it's just about their core moral hypocrisy. In the case of Millie, I, I don't know what he did in that phone call 
that was so outrageous, assuring our allies that Donald Trump wasn't an insane lunatic. Is that what Tucker's mad about? He said, don't worry, Trump's not an insane lunatic and he's not going to start a war. He said if we were going to have a war, there would be an escalation because there always is. So, you know, Milley would talk on the phone to foreign counterparts any time in this kind of situation because diplomacy Daily. is better than killing people. And all he said was, I mean, they literally want Milley fired because he said Trump's not crazy. That's it. That's the whole controversy. But again, what have they got? What have they done for the conservative worker in the last 25 years? How have they made the conservative worker's life in Alabama anyway? There is nothing they have but umbrage. And that's why you're just going to get the Muppets, Mr. Potato Head's gender. Biden's going to take away your hamburgers. Kamala Harris forced migrant children to read her children's book at detention centers. Critical race theory, whatever the bullshit of the day is, is what they've got. Because umbrage and outrage are all they have to keep those white working men coming back and voting for them again. It's Tucker Morality 101. And so you're going to see a lot of these red, white, and blue assholes uh, just persecuting a career military officer for telling the truth and for looking out for the American people and for following his oath above following a, a reality show racist landlord president. A, a person. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. The oath is to the Constitution. All right. Well, hey, I want you to tell everybody where they can hear more of this because I'm less preachy in stand up, by the way. I'm a lot less preachy. But I could stage. listen. I could <laughs> listen to your voice. I could listen to you talk to me in my ear f You're f so forever. And I, I want everyone to know where they can find you. So tell them. Well, my, my mom, my mom was a nun and my father was a Franciscan brother. And I, so I take the Christianity thing pretty seriously because I've known nice Christian people in my life and I've read the Jesus parts and I have no patience whatsoever for these frauds and, and uh, you know, these cretins who, who use Christianity as a cloaking device for douchebaggery. So you can hear me rant about this on Sirius XM Progress Channel 127 every night um, or hear us anytime you want on the app or on demand. Half of our audience listens as a podcast. And this week, uh, premiering on Friday, I'm doing a special town hall with uh, little Stephen Van Zant of the E Street Band and The Sopranos because my show is part politics, but it's a lot of pop culture and a lot of comedy as well. Yep. Which I love. Thank you so much, John. It's been a it's been a pleasure to talk to you and I hope I see you again soon. Can I just say, Ms. Gill, how much I love what you do, how honored I am to be on anything you're working on and that you were one of the people that kept me inspired and sane during a really rough time. And I am so proud to support and praise any work you do. Uh, your voice is important. And I thank you for your continuing service. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. The imposter syndrome is, is you're laying it on thick there, John, but I, I do appreciate it so much. And same to you. The work you do is so important. Thank you so much. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey everybody, it's AG for the beans, and you know I love a good shower. Sleeping and showering, my two favorite things. I get my best ideas in the, in the shower. Uh, and it's my sanctuary. When I, you know, I need a break from stress. And recently I had the most incredible shower of my life when I upgraded to my Nebbia by Moen. You know I just ripped my bathroom apart, I did a whole remodel. The Nebbia by Moen is the only thing I kept. Uh, everything else wet, but I had to keep my Nebbia. Uh, this is backed by some of the biggest names in Silicon Valley, including Tim Cook. It's designed by former Tesla, NASA, and Apple engineers who spent years trying to research and develop a superior shower experience that saves water. Uh, and the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower is its most advanced shower yet, with twice the coverage but half the water usage of standard shower heads. Despite using 45% less water, its spray is 81% more powerful than the competition. Nebbia's atomized droplets rinse shampoo and conditioner out of the thickest, longest hair. And it's easy to install. If you can change a light bulb, you can install Nebbia by Moen. I love the Nebbia. It starts at just $1.99. And Daily Beans listeners, we have a deal for you. The first 100 people to use the code BEANS at Nebbia.com will get 10% off all Nebbia products. 
Nebbia rarely does deals like this, so it's a great deal to jump on. Go to nebbia.com slash beans. That's nebbia, N-E-B-I-A dot com slash beans to check out what they have to offer. Again, first 100 people to use code beans when checking out will save 10% on all Nebbia products. The only exception here is the pre-order products because Nebbia is now currently offering free shipping in the U.S. on those products. Again, nebbia.com slash beans and use code beans to save 10%. And today's show is also brought to you by Chili Sleep. Science tells us that lowering core body temperature is the most effective method for attaining and maintaining that deep REM sleep that you need. Sleeping at the right temperature gives you stronger muscles, increases your testosterone levels, improves cognitive function, and it ensures you wake up feeling refreshed every day. Chili Sleep makes customizable climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. Here's how they do it. These are the Uller and Cube sleep systems. They're hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mat- mattress toppers. They fit over your existing mattress to provide a temperature, like a cooler temperature for deeper sleep. Whether you sleep hot or cold, using these sleep systems will help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you energy and confidence to power through your day. Imagine waking up feeling not tired. Chili Sleep can help make that happen. I sleep super hot, as you know, so Chili Sleep has been amazing for me. So head over to chilisleep.com beans to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for Daily Beans listeners. Uh, and only for a limited time, that's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash beans to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. Yay, and you don't have to listen to me read the good news by myself. <laughs> is that what happened? Is that what happened yesterday? Yeah. Bless your heart. I was just like, I'm just singing hallelujah verses and to nobody. I didn't have my singing partner with me, but oh my god, I'm back. I'm yeah. so glad. I'm so glad you're back. Back. Um, and you know, if you have anything you want to send in, confessions, corrections, uh, you want to talk about how dumb Louis Gomert is, or have us guess your dog breed. Um, send us pictures of your happy place, your kids, pod pets, whatever, anything you want. You can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And I'll kick us off here, Dana. We have a submission from Kristen, pronouns she and her. Hello to my favorite hallelujah singers, at least those not named Jeff Buckley. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, samesies. I have a minor correction and a general life update that is most definitely good news. First, a correction. Melbourne, the town in Australia, is not pronounced Melbourne, but Melbourne. Oh, Melbourne. There's not even an er. Melbourne. Okay. I have an Aussie family, and this has been drilled into my head for years. Well, thank you, Melbourne. Melbourne it is. Now for the good news. Well, what about manadated? Is, is, is it manadated? What you say? That we say? Man- manadated. Manadated. Did we say Melbourne? Melbourne. It sounds like Jobin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> now I have to watch I Love You, Man, again for the ninth oh, time this week. boy. On to the good news. At the beginning of the summer, I was excited about a guy. I'd started seeing after meeting on a dating app. Unfortunately, that didn't work out because of cl- conflicting lifestyles. Apparently, a performing musician and an accountant have very different sleep schedules. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually spent the last couple of months getting to know someone else. I wonder who's the accountant and who's the musician. Okay. For the first time in my life, I'm able to clearly communicate my feelings, boundaries, fears, and desires with someone who's very capable of doing the same. I cannot convey how liberating it is to feel like I can advocate for myself without fear of judgment. He has done so much internal work on himself and actually enjoys these conversations that I've always been afraid to have in the past. Earlier today, he told me that his mind is at peace with me. I can't imagine a higher compliment from someone who entered the situationship as broken as I left it. Oh. For tax, I have attached a picture of my niece at the beach. I swear she was supposed to be, that was supposed to be a mermaid tale. My sister has many spill, many skills 
Sand sculpting is clearly not one of them. <laughs> Thank you for all that you do, uh, except for getting <laughs> Hallelujah stuck in my head for hours at a time. <laughs> Look at that. That's awesome. That's so funny. She's adorable. I want to go boogie boarding now. Oh my goodness. I lo- this is really cute. This is <laughs> this is from Kanai, our Kanai, he, him. Self-correction. Last week, I didn't get you the pictures of Mello, the kitty who spent the night in the forest. Jen, you did not screw up. I did. That's from our Kanai here. It's <laughs> our producer. The beans. <laughs> our yep, it's our manager. producer. Oh, and here's the kitties. Hi, Mello. Oh. All right. Oh, do you want me to do the next one? That was pretty short. Oh, wait. Did you look at or the G- kitty with the baby? Oh, my goodness. Or yeah. you do the I don't know. Yeah, you What's take the next one. Go ahead. All right. Here's kids' dad joke. I thought Dana might appreciate. Here we go. All right. It's, I love telling jokes, so this is great. It's Dawn. And a mole pup is waddling out of her nest, stretching and yawning. She smells the air and says, I smell honey, and starts climbing the tree next to her nest. A few minutes later, her brother does the same stretch, yawn and climb. Mama mole does the same. And daddy mole gets up, does the stretch and yawn, and looks up and says to himself, honey, I smell molasses. (laughs) (laughs) Molasses. Dad told me this joke when I was a pup, and I passed it to my pup. Some quick Googling shows moles don't eat honey. <laughs> deal, with, deal with bees or climb trees. But hey, it's a joke, not an episode of Wild New York. Uh, nice plug for Wild New York. I love it. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, King Charles. Next up from Casey. Artessa made this face when she heard Mike Flynn say that they are putting the COVID vaccine in salad dressing. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the face I made. I, li- I'm, I don't do TikTok very much. I think I have two on there. And that was my last TikTok was me reading that. I was like, you've got to be kidding. Oh, my God. That's amazing. We have two left. Last one's long. Do you want me to take this one and you'll close us out? Sure. Go for it. You got it. All right. This is from Peter. Oh, I get to sing. Peter, pronouns he and him. I've always believed in Groucho Marx line. I would never join any group that would have me as a member. <laughs> So I don't participate in a lot of things, but somehow I keep submitting to good news segments of the Daily Beans. Here's my addition to MSW Hallelujah Project. Here we go. I sent a pic to the Daily Beans of my cat that made Dana Weeze, because you don't really care for dander, do ya? Her fur's monogrammed with a P and a J. She's important to me, I must say. And I'm her cat daddy riding Hallelujah. My, My name's Peter, Peter. Her, her name's Juno. My name's Peter. Her name's Juno. Love the show and keep up the good work. That was wonderful. That was a good one, Peter. Oh, I look liked at it. the markings on this cat. That is so cool. It does say PJ. Gorgeous. Look. That's awesome. That's awesome. PJ, you know I like it. And your dad, your cat does make me wheeze, and I hate it. I don't like dander. Thank you, Peter. I feel seen. I don't know if anyone (laughs) likes dander, but yeah, that's true. All right. Finally, from DC, pronouns he and him. I am a Kitchen Days listener, but I finally felt I had a good enough reason to write into the show. First, I would like to thank all of you, not only for creating such important content, but also for the way in which you do it. I can't think of any other program with the same powerful mix of information, levity, and emotion. I'm so excited for what the future holds for the MSW Network. Every podcast on it so far is solid gold. Wow, thank you, TC. On to the good news I wanted to share. Despite being European, I've lived in America for the terms of Bush, Obama, and half of the former Jackasses clown show. (laughs) 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 Halfway through his term, my American girlfriend and I decided it would be a good time to make a permanent move to Europe. Yeah. 
I flew over solo to get us set up, found a great job, and then COVID hit. Due to travel restrictions and not being married, we were kept apart for more than a year. I'm sure that being stuck in lockdown with other people poses its own set of challenges, but being apart from your loved one for so long during such a trying and scary time was truly shitty. Anyone who spent the pandemic alone has my most heartfelt empathy. Okay, so here's the great news. A few months ago, my girlfriend got double vax and we were finally able to see each other after 14 months apart. Uh, perhaps even better was the mo- than that was the moment we found each other at the airport. It was a few days later when I proposed to her at the top of a nearby mountain here in Italy. After Aww. six years together, there was no doubt in my mind what the answer would be. And I'm happy to share. She's finishing up her job in the States until the end of the year. And then we'll make the big move to Italy and our wedding. The other bit of great news is that since moving back to Europe and notably inspired by your podcast, I've become a much more politically active person. I'm helping lead a campaign called I Vote Europe that aims to create laws for European elections that will ensure gender balance and equal representation of ethnic minorities and people of color in our political system. Not only that, we are working to improve distance voting and access to polls for people with disabilities and proposing a system of accountability for campaign financing and political ads. I mention this because if any of your European listeners are looking for a way to get actively involved in improving democracy on our side of the pond and they're tired of systems run by old white men that benefit the rich, And we would love to create a space for them to participate and have their voice heard in European politics. We can be found by searching for I Vote Europe on the usual socials. No pet tax, unfortunately, just a thank you for the incredible work the whole team is doing to keep us informed and empowered. If you ever feel like doing a European meetup, I might be the first to may I be the first to suggest Italy. Pizza and Prosecco is on me. Yes, please. Oh, you know the way to my heart. I don't know why I just did Ethel Merman. But um, stay healthy, stay safe, keep kicking ass and shining a light on the deeds of anti-democratic shit stirs worldwide. I know I'm not the only listener who's been inspired by your podcast to take action to make the world a better place. Together, we can ensure equality and love wins. I love this submission. Me Daisy, too. Thank you. That, I loved ending on that. I love it's how a good this one. community is it's going global. I mean, it's been global, right? but you know, I just love this so yeah. much. And congratulations. We've got Aussies, we've got Londoners, we've got Brits. Mm-hmm. Aussies, remember? Remember? Yeah, from, Aussies. From Melbourne. Aussies from Melbourne. Jobin. Ma- mandated. Mandated Melbourne. M- mandated. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, it's that kind of day. All right. It really is. I'm going to go find out what the fuck kind of shenanigans the Senate is up to now. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll, we'll tell you all about it tomorrow, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I won't. <laughs> you will. <laughs> That's right. You're not going to. Well, you, you'll be here tomorrow, but not Wednesday. No, no, no. I'm missing tomorrow. I'll be back Wednesday. You'll hear me on Thursday. It's all very confusing. I'm flying home tomorrow. Oh, OK. Then. OK. So I will let's, we'll be back with you on Thursday. I don't know. I, I might. Who? I don't know who's going to be here tomorrow. Mystery guest. Uh, we'll find out. It's just. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be surprised everyone. It's going to be great no matter who it is. I'm sure of it. <laughs> it might just be me talking to myself. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see uh, everybody. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. Until tomorrow, I've been Allison Gill. And I've been (laughs) just until tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. No, don't get rid of that. Do not edit it. Just say say goodbye. And I've been Dana Goldberg. (laughs) And who knows who I'll be day after tomorrow. Them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane. 
with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.